you have any sort of financial incentive? Do you have any ways of monetizing the show on the back end to help cover the expenses? Like, I feel like if you do great work, that all comes. Sure. You know, one person I look up to as a mentor in this in this game is Bradley. Mm-hmm. Been working a lot with him. Met him through the whole podcasting world. And if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you have something you want to say, and, and, and people tell you all the time, I love listening to you, or whatever the case may be, in your real ordinary life, then that's that's the knocking on your door. Like you need to get the fuck up and do something about it. My whole life I got tired of hearing, man, you belong on TV, man, you fucking belong on stand, man. I'm f- I got tired of fucking hearing it. So the only the only thing for me was like, you know what? Maybe this is a way I can throw the feelers out. Guess what I'm realizing after almost two years of podcasting? I belonged on fucking television my whole entire life. What is up, Action Takers? Welcome back to the After Hours Entrepreneur. I'm really excited to share this interview here with you today that was completed at PodFest. Super fun, point-and-shoot style. I just posted up at the bottom of a very busy place in the conference hall, and I just started interviewing some awesome people, and I think you're going to be thrilled to hear how these people are turning their passion into profit. Stay tuned, sit back, relax, make sure you subscribe if you haven't yet, and let's get into this episode of the After Hours Entrepreneur. Run the tape. Beck Lover, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, it's good to see you here. We are at PodFest, and Beck, let's get right into it. Tell me about your podcast. Started a podcast a little bit right before the pandemic. I guess it's a great name for it now when I think about it. It's called The Comeback Team. The domain name is the same thing, thecomebackteam.com altogether. So the show is basically showcases extraordinary people. We just had Kyle Baskin on. We had uh, Havoc of Mob Deep. I mean, we've had some amazing guests come through and open up about their lives. The reason it's called The Comeback Team is it's to inspire people no matter where they are in their life, no matter how horrific things might be in their life. Because eventually everybody goes into the storm. Yeah. Eventually everybody loses something. You know, in life, you have knockdowns and you have knockouts. And my show is about inspiring people to get back up after a knockout. When life knocks you out, you lose something that you can't replace. You lose the loved one. Something horrible happens. And that inspiration to do this show kind of came from my own life. You know, I lost a lot of family in the Kosovo War, 1998. I got a phone call at the age of 15, find out 30, 30 people I love are just gone. I was in the World Trade Center when it was hit. A few years later, and I lost my brother in 2013 in a car accident, which was devastating for me. And when I went into that very dark place, I never thought I'd make it back out again. There was always a voice inside myself that said, don't give up. And it was a very faint voice. And I made it back out of the, the abyss, as I call it, of depression and, and all that other stuff, you know, with no help, no doctor, no medicine, none of that stuff. Maybe I should go to the shrink, but. At the end of the day, if I can inspire one person to not give up, when I started the show, I said, if I can save one life, it'll be worth it. And that happened in the first season. I had one person, a young woman who was, found out she's about to go blind, decided she didn't want to live no more. She said she set the date to commit suicide. Somehow my voice got, I don't even know how it got to her. I don't know what platform. You know, you throw it up on Podbean or whatever the hell it is. And she's like, I heard you. I heard the way, you know, your guests speak about their lives. And some of them are going through things that were even worse than what I went through. Because I always say, when you hear people talk about their own lives and that they've been through things that are even worse than what you're going through, you kind of can't give up at that point. You kind of got to, you're going to find some inspiration. You're going to say, you know something? Wow. 
I can't give up. And for that woman to, to reach out to me like that, I mean, I was crying, man. I was, I was like, if we'd go nowhere with this show, it was fucking worth it. Am I allowed to curse on you? Hey, you just did, baby. That's the beauty of podcasts, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, there's a lot of reasons to podcast, but to, to save one life, five lives, I mean, there, there really is nothing better. Man, it's such a, that's such a powerful reason to do a show. I am curious too, Beck, hosting a podcast is a lot of work. It's a lot of effort, editing, teams, processes, all this it takes a lot of time. You know, do you have any sort of financial incentive? Do you have any ways of monetizing the show on the back end to help cover the expenses? First and foremost, shout out to Alva Powell, my producer who works like an animal. You know, right now everything's in house, brother. Have I been, I've been paid for a lot of speaking engagements. I've been paid to go on other podcasts as a guest. But right now, kind of, it's like all in house. Like, I haven't really, like, I haven't, I think I should. I'm at that point. You know, the views are there, ranked in the top 3% of the world. Nice. I don't know if that's accurate or not. Listening notes, I don't know. Like I said, this whole industry is kind of new, right? So, you know, respect to the pod father. I call him the pod father, Joe Rogan, for what he's done, not only as a podcaster, but for the entire nation, in my opinion. The guy's amazing. You don't get the kind of money that he got and do the kind of things he's doing. Most people would stay away from it at that point to not risk everything they have. This guy, to me, is beyond hero. But as far as money and all that other stuff, I mean, do we need to start getting to that point? Yes. Am I doing that right now? No. I don't have ads on there. I don't have sponsors. I, I kind of just like more about the content. I really don't give a f Like, I feel like if you do great work, that all comes. Sure. You know, one person I look up to as a mentor in this, in this game is Bradley. Mm -hmm. Been working a lot with him. Met him through the whole podcasting world. And if you're thinking about starting a podcast and you have something you want to say and, and, and people tell you all the time, I love listening to you or whatever the case may be in your real ordinary life, then that's destiny knocking on your door. Like you need to get the fuck up and do something about it. My whole life, I got tired of hearing it. Man, you belong on TV. Man, you fucking belong in stand up. Man, I'm I got tired of fucking hearing it. So the only, the, the only thing for me was like, you know what? Maybe this is a way I can throw the feelers out there. Guess what I'm realizing after almost two years of podcasting? I belonged on fucking television my whole entire life. <laughs> Not in an egotistical, arrogant way, but the viewers, the audience, they start sending you fan mail. It's just fucking amazing. Well, and not, not, if that's, I think there's a certain type of personality that goes behind that too. Like it drives you, it fuels you when you're impacting people that way. Getting on TV is not for everybody. No. You know, but the sooner, do you wish you may have recognized that sooner? That you, I, I, that I you, always kind of knew, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of the whole fame thing. You know, if, sure. you go, if you go on my Instagram, you're going to see I'm with very high profile people all the time. Sure. That's not like really like my cup of tea in that sense. Fame has a lot of downsides. It has, I think, more downsides than yeah. I think in the long run. It's yeah. not about fame, though. But like you said, it's about impacting people in a positive way, especially like you talk. That's something that's amazing to me is as humans, we always feel like when we're not in the depths of a, a major problem, we feel like things are always going to be good. Things are always going to be happy, hunky-dory, food on the table. But like a bad thing happens, and then it's seven bad things all at the same time, and you're not really ready for it. You know, it's, it's really hard, I think, to be empathetic to go into those sorts of, of deep, dark times, you know? It is. And you know what? That's kind of like what the whole, the whole work is about. So now I've kind of realized, like, it takes a lot out of me to do that, that show. Yeah. To come back to yeah. It. Just the gas, the emotion, and it fucking drains you, man. There's times where just tears start. You, you hear these, like I had Yeonmi Park, 
escaped North Korea, was yeah. sold into human trafficking. I had a man who was sexually assaulted by his own grandfather, you know, consistently. I mean, I, so, you know, to do that show, it takes a lot out of you, right? So I am launching a second show now out of the Comic Strip Live. It's the oldest comedy club in New York City. It's where Eddie Murphy made it, Chris Rock before the slap, Jerry Seinfeld, all the greats started in that space. It's holy. It's like the mecca of comedy. And I have my own podcast coming out of there. And I'm very like, you know, they, they took me in, like, we love you. And fucking here's the booth. And I got my own fucking booth in this legendary nightclub that the greatest of the great became famous on those things. Like Adam Sandler became famous in that place. Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld became famous in that fucking place. And me deciding to do some fucking podcast got me into that position. It's pretty fucking cool. So has the money come yet, my brother? No. But it's coming, motherfuckers. It's coming. <laughs> well, I just love that that attitude of taking action. You never know what's going to be behind the next door, but as long as you keep opening doors and taking action, magical things can happen. Beck, why don't you do me a favor? Tell everyone on the screen here your name, the name, the best place to find you, and why you're at Podfest. This is Beck Lover. That's B E K, no C, motherfuckers. B E K Lover. You can find me at the Comeback Team. You know, if you go to the internet. <laughs> you type in thecomebackteam.com. All my handles are on there. Or look for me on IG or TikTok at B-E-K. That's B like boy, E like Edward, K like Kimberly, lover, NYC. And you're watching my man here at PodFest, holding it down, doing a show right here in the middle of it all, not giving a fuck. Real, raw, and unedited. This is the guy to follow. That's what's up. Thank you, Beck. Well, Beck, we got a quick rapid fire, so get ready. Favorite animal. Lion. Scariest movie you've ever seen? <laughs> Exorcist, the Exorcist, bro. Okay, okay. It's fucked up the first time. Yeah. If you were on a plane, you could sit next to anybody. Who are you going to sit next to? Muhammad, the prophet. Oh, That would be an interesting conversation. I w I'd reckon. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? I've, you know, I've never had it, bro, and I'm a New Yorker. I swear to God, I've never. And you know what? Like, I keep saying, like, yo, you got to try it sometime. I swear to God, I'm 39 years old. To this day, I've never tried pineapple on pizza. I think now that you've brought this kind of up, I think I'm going to try. Why? You, you, you fuck with it? You know, I think it's underrated. I don't always. I generally just go straight up pepperoni. You know what's really good on pizza that people would never even imagine putting on pizza? Feta cheese. Feta cheese. You just, okay. It can't be. Americans, and I, and I was born here. I'm American. But I, I mean American, like someone that's like not from like Eastern Europe or the Balkans. They eat feta cheese like it's going out of style. Sure. Like by the block, right? And they, the best, in my opinion, the best feta cheese in the world comes from Bulgaria. Shout out to the Bulgarians, wherever you are. It's so creamy, right? You, the stuff that they put in like, you know, everyday American restaurants, that's not feta cheese, man. It's fucking plastic. Mm. It's fucking disgusting. You get a nice little bit of feta cheese, you sprinkle it on pizza, it gives it this nice fucking kick, bro. Okay. Try it. Okay. Okay, I, I got to go to Bulgaria though because yeah, I ain't getting it. You know what? It was inspired by the Albanian cuisine though, Albanian style. To the Albanians, shout out. That's what's up, Beck. Last question here for you: If you had ten seconds with yourself ten years ago, what do you say? Say sorry sooner. Beck said it. Say sorry sooner. You know, you got people in your life you're mad at, or something goes wrong, or whatever. You have an argument, stupid shit happens. You don't know when you're going to lose somebody. And, you know, one of the greatest regrets of my life is that there was a brief stint where I fought with my brother 
not knowing I was going to lose him in a few mm-hmm. years, right? And I lost about six months where we weren't talking. And I would give anything in the fucking world to get those six months because I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, eventually, of course, we're brothers. We came back together. We were better than ever after that. We needed to have, like, that bloodletting, yeah. you know, where this shit, you know, builds up. And, you know, he always looked at me as a younger younger brother. And, you know, like he was kind of, like, you know, too much. I told him, like, hey, I'm a fucking grown-ass man now. You know, and we had one of those riffs. But, you know, he came forward to me, and, and I was being stubborn and being fucking stupid. So, you know, if someone, if you know you fucked up, say sorry sooner. And if someone's willing to make that apology, accept the apology sooner. Yeah. That, that's the advice. I you know, I never had anyone say that. But I, I'm glad that you did. So it takes a lot of courage glad to apologize, too. 100%. The ego is like... 100%. I, I feel like the devil. Like, you know, fuck them. You know, fuck, you were right. Like, no. Like, if someone's willing to come forward and truly say, like, really mean it, not just some, like, half-ass apology, and you can't accept it at least once. I'm yeah. not saying you always... If someone keeps hurting you, Allow them to keep hurting you, no. But if you can't, then you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. And you're going to regret it. Takes courage. And the greatest thing in life to live with, the worst thing to live with is regret. Mm. It never goes away. It's like that gnawing feeling. And then if your regret's based on something that you're constantly reminded of, that can fucking destroy you. You know? Wise words. Beck, thank you, brother. You know what's crazy? I was like, I drove past a Colby Steakhouse yesterday. And I was like, imagine his wife who's still alive. And that word Kobe Steakhouse, like, oh, like, so every time she sees a Kobe she's Steakhouse, smart. she's reminded that she has to live through that pain. So I know what it's like. When I lost my brother, I thought I could just run away from New York. I thought I could escape the pain. I thought if I moved, I moved to Texas briefly for like two months. And I was like, okay, I can't eat this fucking pizza. But I love Texas, by the way. I was actually born there. I lived in New York my whole life. Sure. But, you know, you can't run away from, from your pain. You have to face it. So it is what it is, my brother. No, I mean, it's... Sorry it's, for talking to you. No, it's, it's very wise. I think, that's, I think that's why people should be listening to the show. Because these are... Gotta do the next season. Now. The 85 episodes are a fucking lot. Launching the next show. Gonna do season two of the comeback team. Get some great guests on there. And, and, and if you have a story to tell the world, I don't care about the fucking celebrities, the fucking A-listers. Everyone's heard their bullshit. A lot of times it's watered down and they're fucking handled by their management or whatever. I like telling the stories of people that no one's ever fucking heard of. These are the stories I like to tell. These people that will blow your fucking mind. Like one of my guests who survived the Holocaust as a Jew in the fucking Hitler Youth in the Nazi army. Imagine being a Jew. You know you're a Jew and you're in the German army. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Yeah. This happened because of podcasts. And this is something that you know, that Jordan Peterson talks about, it's, it's, it's about, you know, we always look back in the past and say, oh, I would never do that. I could never do that. But the reality is many millions of people were doing these horrible, horrific acts. And, and that's a scary thing to empathize. And how could I put myself in that type of a situation? How could I do this type of thing to other human beings? We, that gets lost. I was just taking orders. I was just taking orders. I can't I lose my lot. job. I heard a lot of that bullshit these last couple of years. I've taken a little bit of heat in the podcast world. Well, you know, a little bit of censorship on platforms like YouTube, you know. So, you know, I'm one that will. I'll say what I have to say. I don't give a fuck what happens. bro. I don't care if I die. If I believe in something, I'm going to fucking say it. I don't care what the consequences are. I've always lived my life by those rules. And it seems to have worked out. 
I burn bridges to light the fucking future up. I see my future when I burn a bridge. I don't give a fuck. You don't like what I have to say? Fuck you. Period. It's fair enough. I mean, it, to me, that says self-love, too. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am. Yeah, man. You know, you know like, there's billions of people like, okay, I can't do business with you ever again. There's another 900 assholes like me. There's another fucking 10,000 assholes just like me. Don't worry. There's a plenty of bridges out there. People are like bridges, but it's not good to just, I'm not saying just burn relationships. But sometimes you fucking got it. Yeah. Sometimes some people are just fucking assholes. And you fucking light them on fire, bro. Especially in a public setting. Make them look stupid. Figuratively, of course. <laughs> I don't Thank know. We back. keep going off tangents here, but sorry. <laughs> for it was nice show, to man. meet you. You too. And I wish you all the best, pod brother. You too, brother. Well, thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the After Hours Entrepreneur. So many great people out there taking action. And I love sharing their stories with people just like you. And listen, if you're into podcasting, if you're trying to grow your podcast into something that can actually generate real revenue and real profit, let me help you. Let me help you. That's what I'm here to do. I've been working on this for over five years now, and I want to help you turn your podcast into profit. Click the link below and join the Podcast Mastermind community. It is very affordable, and it's designed to help you turn your podcast into money, into cash money. That's what we're going to help you do. So listen, click the link below. Let's connect. Thanks for listening to the After Hours Entrepreneur today. And I'll catch you here next time. Go take action, all right? Peace.